Have you heard about the benefits of CBD? We caught up with Trinity, CEO of Catch Some Relief. Here's what he has to say. Catch Some Relief was founded on the principles of health and wellness for the fishing community. CBD is tremendous for inflammation reduction and anxiety reduction. Our promising is that you will catch some relief. Be like the pros and catch some relief today. Go to catchsomerelief.com and use Blonde15 for 15% off your order at checkout. That's B-L-O-N-D-E-1-5 for 15% off your order at checkout at catchsomerelief.com. Hey, this is Shannon. Sorry I missed your call. Give me a little bit. Yeah, right. Exactly. Hello. Yeah, I forgot about that there. I th- yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, I would. Found out how much I really enjoy party. Nuh-uh. Is that for real? True. It's time like that didn't happen. What do I know? In the future, it's very bright, Michelle. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Blonde Girl Behind the Scenes. Today, we are chatting with an incredibly talented woman who took her skills and put them to use creating custom clothing and promotional products for anglers, small businesses, and teams to help promote their brand. Let's welcome in owner of New Threads, Sarah Newmore. Hello. Hello, hello. How are you? Hey, Michelle. I'm good. How about you? Good. Living living the life, you know. <laughs> living the dream. I'm over here sweating my butt off in my sweaty shop. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's not, not, that doesn't sound pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> nothing better than a 3,000 square foot on air conditioned shop in August. <laughs> oh, jeez. And the humidity probably doesn't help that either, does it? Right, like we don't we don't get too much of it. So I mean, I I'm not I mean I'm complaining, but I'm not really complaining. But um, <laughs> it it just gets blazing hot because of the screen printing oven and the heat press, and and then you throw the August temp. So yeah, it's a it's a sweaty one today. I'm glad this isn't on film. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no people people have been asking about that. They're like, is this going to be video? I'm like, listen. I have a face for radio, so if I don't want to be on camera, I'm not going to ask anybody else to be on camera. Now, um, Michelle, that's that's not really true. That I mean, is so on. true. Blonde girl behind the scenes shouldn't be behind the scenes, but yeah, <laughs> it's behind behind the scenes, behind the curtain. You never see me. <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, it would be a sweaty mess if I was on film today. I'm sure you're still beautiful, so don't don't think anything about it. You're hustling. So how you been? I'm doing all right. I mean, we're taking each uh, each day as it comes, I guess. How about you guys? Yeah, the same. I mean, it's a crazy time we're living in, and I guess we're just adjusting to each rule change that the governor mandates, and I feel like, I don't know, I feel like we're, we're constantly just waiting for the next update, mm-hmm. and I have two girls that, two daughters, I mean, I have three kids, but two daughters that work in healthcare, and a son that is in school to be a cargo ship captain and you know that the stuff we've been dealing with with the coronavirus with the three of them has been a little insane i'm i'm very blessed to say nobody has caught it yet um my one daughter that works downtown at the cleveland clinic she's been tested several times because of being exposed but Mm. um gosh knockwood she's she's skirted it every time that's good news that is good yeah And you are yeah. located, you're in Ohio, right? Right. I'm in Chardon, Ohio. Uh, we are east of Cleveland. 
We sit between Cleveland and Erie, Pennsylvania. Okay, okay. So, so are the kids all in that area too? Well, um, my Kendall that I was just talking to that's at the Cleveland Clinic, she actually has a condo down near downtown. She's actually on Lake Erie in a city called Lakewood, um, and she rents a condo down there. So okay. she's much closer to work. And then um, the youngest one, Peyton, she is full-time in surgery at a hospital out this way and then she's also a student um she's going to be a nurse also but she's all she's already finished one degree and she's going back for another one so she's in surgery (laughs) as a surgical tech but she realized she wants to go for the nursing degree now so she works in surgery and tackles school (laughs) and then tanner tanner's my oldest and he is up in traverse city michigan he's at that um Great Lakes Maritime Academy. Okay. And he is studying to be on a cargo ship. He's almost done. He'll be done in December. But um, he's on a, on a ship right now on the Great Lakes, and he saw all the guys out on St. Clair. Oh. <laughs> he, was, he was in the river. Yeah, they were going through the river the other day, and he texted me, and he's like, Mom, are those guys running the river to St. Clair? Isn't the tournament on Erie? And I said, yeah, but a lot of them are running to St. Clair. He goes, yeah, they're passing our ship right now. He couldn't believe they were making that long trip. I'm like, yes, they I are. I couldn't believe it either. So many guys got busted up boats and all this stuff. And I'm like, you guys are nuts. Yeah, and it's only nuts. getting worse. Like today's worse, tomorrow's worse. Like the wind is increasing. And that's really a challenging, that's a long run, even on a flat day. Um, and to go that what do they call it? The Miracle Mile or whatever. Like to go mm-hmm. that channel is always, um, you know, choppy, so to speak, or like a like a fishbowl type of effect to it. So I don't know how they do it with their backs. I, oh, I really don't. I don't gosh, know how no. they they come out a couple inches shorter, but they <laughs> they do it. Count me out. I saw some posts, and then I was talking to Fred, and I was like. Nah, like I, I would watch you from the shoreline. I might be on a big ship like your son because they don't get that. Right. That, like, <laughs> they walk, don't feel it. That, they don't get that back and forth, but no, no. thank you. Yeah, they, no, they, um, and the passenger thing, like I feel so bad for the marshals. Oh, and I know they sign up to do it, but, you know, when you hop in a boat or as a co-angler in other circuits, when you hop in a boat and you're that passenger and you don't have the steering wheel to hold on to, um, and you're just sitting and I know you've got the little handbars, but it, it, you take a bump a lot differently. You take a mm-hmm. wave a lot differently when you're that passenger. It's brutal. Oh, so for sure. I can't even imagine. I mean, they obviously know by day three, but like day one, when you hop in the boat with somebody and he's like, yeah, we're going to go a hundred miles today. What? <laughs> it's like, poor Marshall's better... like, can I get him over there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you better have gone potty before you got in the boat because it's a long run. Oh, Michelle, <laughs> you're, you're preaching to the choir on that one. <laughs> uh, we can leave the dock and I can hit the porta pod and we can, you know, I'll, I'll hit it. I'll go drop the truck off. Cause I'm the, you know, like, I back everything in and then uh-huh. David will meet me back and pick me up at the dock and, and I'll jump on and we'll make a long run on Erie. And then I'm like, babe, I got to pee. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, we can sit on the boat. I'm like, those waves were rough. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's so me when I like my, I'm pretty sure when I do a media boat, my boat drivers hate me. I'm like, where's the nearest restroom? <laughs> yeah. You know uh, how you need one of those little pop-up tents or I know. something. I always, 
<laughs> I got to figure out something. My sister camps a lot. And she's like, they have these little things. I'm like, but you're in the middle of a lake with somebody you don't know. Like, if I knew the person, it'd be different. <laughs> right, right. And you're exactly right. Because, I mean, I, I mean, I've been out on the boat with several different people, but I know them. You know, like, I've yes. gone out and I'll just tell, like, recently, you know, I was out with Luke Palmer and... Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, you got to face forward. I got to use the live well. And he's like, the live well? <laughs> like, I got to use the live well. Trust me. <laughs> Sorry, it's a female thing. We can't just, you know. But me and Trey Zelday, we'll talk about that all the, you know, like we've talked about that before where, how do you go? I mean, she's a good friend. And I, I think about like, if she's ever out there and there's camera boats following and she's got to go, like, what do you do? I yeah. mean, you tell them, hey, <laughs> I need a timeout. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what to do, but um, <laughs> if she gets in that situation, and I hope she does one day where she's got all kinds of followers following her boat and camera boats on her and whatever. I mean, I hope she's in that situation, but that's where I think the little tent thing that somebody invented is genius. I don't own one, but I, I think I'd have to get one at that point. Yes. Agreed. There's no or holding it. Of, or I'm pretty sure that depends on just how to become a sponsor. Because. Well, I I actually have heard of people using that, but um, it's I can't imagine that would be very comfortable to. No. I mean, first of all, I don't even know how you could convince yourself to go in your pants. Like, that would be a mental thing to be able to say, okay, go. True, <laughs> you know, true. true. I mean, I feel like kidney stones are just lurking, yeah. waiting for you at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. NASCAR but, drivers you know, do it all the time, though. Race car well, drivers. And I, right, and you know um, the stories I know you've heard. Um, but the, the stories Mike has shared, and, and mm. it's insane what those guys do. And they just go in the car, and I guess they said that the car just reeks when they pull in. Oh, I can't even imagine between the body yeah. sweat and all the rest of the like I automobile never parts. Yeah, I, it never dawned on me about that topic until we were talking with him and and um and he shared that story and I was just like, Bleh. <laughs> 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 "Are you serious? Yeah, That's what they yeah. do?" And he says, "Yeah." Can you imagine so. like being the winner though and pulling into victory lane and everybody's there and it's an exciting moment and when they were allowed yeah. to have fans and fans are in there and media is And your there. hot girlfriend's waiting for you to jump all over and look you're like <laughs> Yeah, and you're like, I just peed a little. <laughs> oh gosh. No, I can't imagine. I mean maybe that's why they jump out of the car really quick and <laughs> nobody really hangs out. He jumps on top of the car so nobody's yeah. like I don't know. Nobody has but, to hang out inside the vehicle. Yeah, it's definitely a topic that, well, first of all, a topic I didn't know we'd get on today, but a topic that um, is is challenging for the female angler. And I know anybody out there that fishes, whether you're recreational or whether you're competing, I mean, it's, it's a topic that goes through our minds. And sadly, every time a friend asks me to go fishing, um, I mean, I don't have any female friends asking me to go fishing, well, that are in my state, um, but it's one of those things that you're going to have to address at some point on the boat and holding it in makes fishing brutal. I don't care who you're with, but that's all you can focus on. I I can't focus on my line and what it's feeling like. And all I can focus on is holding it in. So you have to go. Mm -hmm. It's It's just one of those, one of those things that everybody does. And you just have to address it. That's true. (laughs) It's not a secret. Everybody goes, guys, come on. Everybody yeah, knows. but they do have it a little easier. This is so. true. <laughs> they, they do for sure. 
Uh, yeah. Well, so, way to kick off the show, yeah, Michelle. You'll have yeah. a lot of viewer retention now. <laughs> I'm sure the there'll be a topic? lot of comments. There'll be a lot of comments. <laughs> well, then tell me, let's just dive right into it. Have you, tell me a little bit about, um, you know, growing up and how you got into fishing and how you started New Threads and kick it okay. off. So I grew up, well, I was born in New Jersey, but grew up in Fort Lauderdale, Florida area. And um, my dad always had a saltwater boat. We, you know, every weekend we were on the saltwater boat fishing. Um, I can remember Wednesday nights was a thing too. Like we went through a couple of years stage where I remember we had, you know, like a Wednesday night beach cookout or something. We were always around the water and always fishing. I was like my earliest memory of, I, I was obsessed with, any kind of fishing, um, not obsessed to the point where I was like reading it and that kind of stuff back then. I mean, I'm old, Michelle, so no, we're talking not. pre. No, I, I, I'm 53, so no. I'm pre-internet baby. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so, like, I remember having um, a little. We call them hand lines, and it basically looks like four little pop popsicle sticks. And my dad would wrap fishing line around it, and then I had like maybe a, a little. I would think close to a one-out hook, but it probably was smaller, little tiny hook. Mm-hmm. And he, it would be rigged up, and that was what I took. This is back in the day where you could actually let your kid leave the house on their bike and they could go play somewhere and not feel like they were going to get kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my mom would put a little piece of bread in a baggie, and what, like seriously, white bread in a baggie, and I had my little hand line, and I'd hop on my bike, and I would ride. I don't know. I would guess to say it was maybe three quarters of a mile away to a canal in for in Florida. They had canals running everywhere, mm-hmm. and I would go and sit on this little culvert pipe that came out from the road. So, like the road is right next to my back, and I would sit on the culvert pipe and I would just catch brim. I would get a little piece of bread out of my bag, little bread like a nugget, <laughs> spit on it, make it round, <laughs> put a little bread ball on my hook. And I would sit there and catch brim and release them. And I mean, there's Aww. alligators and everything in these, you know, in these yeah. canals. But I remember doing that and um, I would do it alone. I mean, I just, I would just go, and my brother probably did it with me too, but I, I remember going alone. And I remember getting in certain situations where, you know, I couldn't get a little fish off and I was panicking or <laughs> because nobody was there or that. Um, anyway, that, that's like maybe I would I don't know my age, maybe seven, eight years old. I can remember doing that. I'm not really good with that kind of stuff with pinning an age. But um, as I grew up, you know, I just was always saltwater fishing or fishing in the canals, not really freshwater lakes around there, but just canals. Mm -hmm. Um, And we spent our weekends on the ocean. So when I met my husband, um, I can remember we met in Arizona at Arizona State University and he was a football player. I was an athletic trainer. Yeah, he played for the Sun Devils, and I was an athletic trainer. And I remember him being so, like, excited that he had met a girl that fished. Because when he met me, he didn't realize I fished. Because you're in Arizona. There was no water by the campus at that point. They added that many, many years later where they added that big river system right there. But um, I remember him being so excited because he had an interest in fishing. So here he had met somebody at college that liked fishing. So (laughs) we would do little things like we were going up in the, we would take a tent and go camping on the weekend and we'd fish and 
on a river system in Arizona and just stupid stuff. But that was our bond, you know, but yeah. it kind of um, just evolved from that. I mean, there was a section of time where I didn't get to go fishing too much with him because I was raising kids and mm-hmm. it was hard to get a babysitter. So he would, he has a, a best friend, a fishing partner that he's fished with forever. And his name's Steve and I, had to stay home sadly but (laughs) as time went on and the kids got bigger I got to get back into fishing and Mm -hmm. and now we fish well I say constantly but there's obviously a period of time up here where we can't fish (laughs) because of winter but we fish as often as we can and Mm -hmm. um, I don't get to compete with him all the time because Steve is still his partner and I don't want to ruin that for him Mm -hmm. but I would love to be fishing competitively all the time with him but um i'm like the practice dummy (laughs) i get to go (laughs) i get to do all the pre-fishing but then when it's tournament day he gets to go steven um on a local circuit now we do enter some that i do with him certain events up here that will enter open events and whatnot will open together or enter together as Mm -hmm. a team and i'll also step in like as a substitute when steve can't make it i always like perk up what do you mean? You can't make it? Oh, darn. <laughs> but I guess I'm other than available. That, yeah, darn, I guess. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty much just a practice dummy and, and um, get to enjoy it that way. But I, I'd i like to take a little bit more on competitively. I, I have yeah. my eye on a kayak that nice. I would like to start doing some kayak stuff, but it hasn't come available online yet, and I'm getting antsy. I might have to pull the trigger on a different brand, but... They released that one at the Classic. I don't know if you saw it, but Old Town released a kayak, and it has, like, the whole trolling motor in, built into the front of the kayak, oh. and it, it's called the Sportsman. Oh, yes. my gosh, it's to die for. And I've been waiting for it to come online for sale, um, but they still haven't added it. It's on the website, but it says find a dealer. But as soon as it comes online on the website, I'm going to order mm-hmm. one, unless I get too antsy and order a different brand, which I kind of have been eyeballing. Another one. Um, a different one. Yeah. Oh, but geez. we'll see. Maybe by next summer I'll be doing the whole kayak thing and doing those online tournaments, and that'll be my, my little side gig. There you go. But, and then you'll have your own competitive thing, and you'll need him Yeah, I don't think dummy. I'll be great at it, but, I mean, I just think it would be fun to – I just like to learn, and I just mm-hmm. like – my. you've said this before, I know, and um, many people in the outdoor industry feel this way, but – the water is truly my happy place and it takes me down a notch. If we are driving to a lake and like David can come to work and say, you know, can you get out of work early? Like on a Friday or something, can you get out of work early? And I could be a total stress bucket. But the minute I lay eyes on the lake and we're pulling in, just something takes me down. I, that is just definitely the ocean or lakes or whatever. It just, it's my happy spot. So, um, I, really can't live without it in my life. I, I feel that. I feel that. And I love that you're going to try to do a kayak because I've been thinking about doing that. And I'm like, I just. Have you? Yeah. Let's do it. I don't. Yeah. I just, I, I worry for myself being alone in a kayak. Well, I mean, I you obviously, you'll wear your life jacket, Michelle. Yes, <laughs> but, I know. I mean, I wouldn't suggest going out on Erie your first time. But, um, no, I, I don't know how strong of a swimmer you are. If that's your fear, is that what you feel no, nervous about? Or I just, like, like, being in a situation where you might not be able to take the fish off or what? I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not scared of any of that, honestly. I'm, I mean... I just, uh, every time I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that. It's going to be so great. And I'm going to, something I can do by myself and I don't need anybody, right? And 
Right. And I like really think about him like, but what if you're out there and something happens to you? Like, I don't yeah. know what would happen, but yeah. what if? All the what ifs. Just it, it's me. true. And I think my only fear would be, and I have thought about this, would be like a female going with your kayak and it's the morning and it's early or even if it's the daytime and you're going to some lake and I've, I had a little um, like John boat and it's different when you go with people, but when you pull up alone, it's primarily, you know, men and I don't know these men and I don't know mm-hmm. if they're good people or bad people. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, there is kind of a underlying, like, am I putting myself in a bad situation here? Um, I do have my carry concealed, so I mean that's a little bit of right. security in the back of my right. mind. But gosh, I don't ever want to have to use that. But mm-hmm. um, I do feel like there's that underlying. Um, gosh, I'm going to be on the water. I'm alone. I'm a female. Am I putting myself in a bad situation? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can see where. And and you know, I mean, there's also that situation of there's times where you know, something will go wrong, whether it be, I don't know, anything could go wrong and you just don't have somebody else to turn to. That would be anything. Yeah. Too far away from shore. I mean, and then like I'm in the South now, so I'm like snakes. And I feel like if a snake came near me, (laughs) I would, I'd be like, kill me. I'm dead. Like just somebody will find me. (laughs) Right. Right. Or have you ever seen those kayak videos where like, a shark comes up or a yes. paddleboarder and a shark comes up. Oh I mean, there's gosh. no way. I would, I would, no way. Did Couldn't you do see it. the one? I, if, if you haven't, I'm going to send it to you. I actually saw it on an, on the news. I think it was a guy in Florida kayaking through like a little river system or whatever all by himself. And an alligator like went under his kayak and actually flipped him over. Oh, my goodness. Now, the alligator didn't touch him, but I was like, oh, my gosh, what if he would have, like, tried? I mean, I know alligators right. don't eat people, but, I mean, they can right. kill people. They're creepy, though. I mean, we used to swim in the canals, and, you know, there's alligators in there, but we always, you know, we're told, like, they're not going to come after people. They did, like, your little dogs, obviously, but not big people. Um, but there is that, that, just that vision of, those alligators with those eyeballs popping out of the water, how they sit there and there's like <laughs> round eyes. <laughs> and then, and then you'll see like just a little bit of the ripples of the front of their, what is that called? Like a snout or just a mouth, yeah, but I think the front part snout. of their uh-huh. nose or something. Mm-hmm. And it's just hovering above the water. And that's all you see is two eyeballs and that. And then, okay, he's, he's like 50 yards away. No big deal. I can see him. But then he just slowly submerges under. <laughs> and yes, then you're like, and you're like, I'm out, I'm out. Where to go? Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. I, yeah. There's, that would be very creepy, though, in a kayak, I think, um, mm-hmm. if anything came towards you. The video is snake or anything. Traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This one I saw recently was, like, two or three guys out in kayaks, and and they one guy hooked up, and, and it ended up being a shark. Well, I'm oh, sorry. Geez. I would have cut my line. I just would have cut yeah. my line. but. He's fighting it, and the other guy comes over and is holding his kayak so that now there's two of them side by side, and they're holding on to give it more stability. And the shark keeps bumping, and it, they're rocking and everything. And I'm thinking to myself, "Who that? Cut the line! Cut the line!" Yeah. But I know maybe they don't have a fear, but I just feel like one little knock in the water would that shark attack you? You know, if you fell in, and what if he had yeah, shark friends under there? Fishing. Yeah, I mean. It's very risky to me, so I'll stick to the lakes with the kayak. Thank you, but yes, yes, or ponds. 
Ponds without <laughs> ponds at a private property. <laughs> you know, like the backyard pond, yeah. <laughs> the the twenty five yard pond. Basically, across. the kayak fills up the entire pond. It's okay. It's your twelve foot kayak. Yeah, I'll just <laughs> go so in funny. a circle. It's all right. <laughs> I love that. That actually might be hard in that size, but you could try. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Well, that would be okay for testing it, testing out the stability. Like I picture people could test out, you know, standing yeah. in their kayak, learning how to do that in a little pond. So yeah. I don't think you're doing too many circles in the pond. Maybe not. Um, me, I don't even think I know how to steer one, but I do think about it. I think it'd be fun. And I think you'd be great at it. Just, just gotta do oh, it. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. But, you know, one of the things that I keep thinking about with that is um, I've never fished from one. So I keep thinking about my style of casting. I'm a big, I love to flip. Like, if you just give me docks for 12 hours, I will flip docks the entire day. Um, okay. It's my most favorite thing to do. Flip, skip, you know, just, just give me docks for 12 hours. And I don't know how, I know I'll learn, but, like, I just can't imagine how am I going to fish without that element, you know, from the kayak. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I, I don't know how they, they, I obviously, my sidearm cast will be fine, but I just feel like it's, it's going to be a whole new everything to learn. And um, that's kind of, it's exciting to me to think of it, but I think it's going to be very challenging at first. For sure. To but... not have your same mechanics, because they have to have completely different mechanics. True. I mean, but like you said, you like learning, so it, it will be right. a challenge, oh, yeah, but once challenge. you figure it out, it's going to be great. And I think, obviously, doing the online tournaments is I yeah. think you'll kick you'll kick butt at it. Oh, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, let's not go that far. I'm not <laughs> like that. I just like to fish, Michelle. <laughs> okay. All right. I like but I do. Well, I am then. very competitive, so I will promise you that if I did take the step to try the online tournaments, I will, you know, be learning everything I need to learn about kayak fishing, just because I definitely am way too competitive for my own good. I feel that. So I would yep. be the one that's going to die trying. <laughs> but I might not well, be winning, not but I might die, die trying. You're not going to die trying unless no. there's a shark, maybe. But that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. That's not going to yeah. happen. I can't wait. Nope, that's going to be fun. Well, well, I hope you go for it, too. It's, I mean, it's kind of cool because they can do it from anywhere. Mm-hmm. I've been reading about that stuff and how you can just join the online thing and um, you know, the Fat Sack app and different apps that have tournaments. And, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty I'm cool. excited. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. As long as it's public water, I guess, you know, we have to do. I don't know. I have a lot still to key into. But I just have to first learn the whole thing before well, I go first, dreaming of that. But it is a distant dream. Well, it's not too far out. But you got to get the kayak first. <laughs> I know. <what> <laughs> Can we make a call? <laughs> yeah, who do we Hello? need to call for that? <laughs> You released this in March. Pull some strings. Hello. Hi. Yeah. If you're listening. Throw my weight around. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Well, then what What? brought you guys? So you, New Jersey to Florida and then Uh Arizona. What took you to Ohio? Like what brought you there? So I know, right? That's pretty much the first question most people ask when they meet us. (laughs) But David grew up here. He actually grew up like a half a mile from where we live now. Mm-hmm. And um, so when we finished college, I was going on to get my master's degree 
and he was going on to NFL tryouts. And so he came back home and then was like doing the whole tryout thing that summer. Um, and then I was off to another school mm-hmm. and then we got married. But at that point in time, he, um, we got married how many months after? I don't know, like a year after regular college, but I was finished with my master's. Anyway, I got my master's degree in sports medicine and then we got married and we, we were just settled here because he had started working a regular job already. Okay. He, um, didn't, he got cut. Um, from two different teams. It was the first summer that the NFL was implementing their player caps. Like literally it was like 1989 or 1990, one of those years. And it was the first year that the NFL had implemented, like you can only have 125 guys after whatever the date was, July 30th. So he was, um, he didn't make that go, you know, he didn't get picked up the following summer, a team called him and wanted him to come back to camp. But by that point in time, he was settled in a job and he mm-hmm. kind of felt like he was just going to be a practice dummy. So he just passed on it. We were, I think I was pregnant with our first child and he just decided he wasn't going to make that effort because yeah. he would lose his job and the job was more important to our family at that point in time. Got it. And you know, if you hadn't been picked up right out of college, you're probably not going to stick it out a year later. Sure. sure. But, um, so we ended up here and um, it's beautiful here. I mean, it was a very hard adjustment for me because we're in a smaller town. Um, it's an Amish area. Oh, and wish. it was a culture shock for me coming from Fort Lauderdale and Florida and the environment there and moving up here to rural Ohio. But um, <laughs> it's beautiful and winters and we're in the snow belt. So we get like the, the normal snowfall is like 150 something inches of snow in the winter time. Um, I mean, over the whole season. <laughs> that it was still a um, lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. So it's been it's been a shock, but we've we've stayed and raised the family here, and the business is now here. And I got into I worked in sports medicine for probably mm, fifteen. No, I don't know. 10 years, 15 years, 15 years, maybe. Mm -hmm. And um, a guy, I don't even know if you want to go in this direction of how I got into this, but uh, a guy, a customer, or not a customer, a patient of ours in sports medicine asked me, he said, you you really should be in sales. He said, I don't know what you're doing this for. You should be in sales. And I said, well, thank you. I take that as a compliment. And he goes, no, really, your personality, you should be in sales. So the next visit he had, he came into the office and he said, so have you thought about what I said? And I just laughed and he goes, well, I'm serious. He said, I have a job offer for you. And I was like, you're kidding. And you know, here we are behind closed doors. My boss was the surgeon who wasn't in the room. And he said, um, you should come work for my company. He said, we do large embroidery equipment. You know, I could put you in on sales. You would travel around the nation selling embroidery machines. And, and, you know, jokingly, I asked what the salary was and it was like, way more than I was making in sports medicine and I said oh yeah and I was like huh and so I told him I'd think about it and I went home and I I talked to David and I talked to my parents and I you know there's some guilt that comes over you because and I think this is probably everybody faces this at some point in time but you go to college for a certain degree and here I had a master's degree in sports medicine so it wasn't um I wasn't that old to be running away from it but my gosh the money was so much better to sell these embroidery machines mm-hmm. and should I really ditch out on medicine and go do this and 
well, after the conversation, I decided to go ahead and do it. It was a wonderful year of life and I made great money and I traveled all over and it was exciting and I loved it. And then uh, the year later, the company was doing some um, downsizing, <laughs> corporate oh, downsizing. Boy. And of course, I was only a year in, so I was one on the list. I mean, they let go like of 50% of the staff of the whole company. Uh -huh. But because I was only a year in, I was one that was let go. And when they let us go, they um, offered, everybody got like a severance package, which I was, I, I was clueless as to what that even was. You know, we're going to give you a severance package. We're sorry to let you go. And then I found out what the severance package was. And it was based on what you had made that year. And it was a certain percentage. It was, it was a good chunk of money for me. Okay. So I went home and I said to David, you know, I lost my job and getting this severance package. And I think I'm going to buy a machine and start a business. And he was just like, what? <laughs> and now I'm making a third move, you know, like, okay, you were sports medicine. Now you're going to sell machines. Now you're going to start a company. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that. I'll do it part time. And see, I was a soccer coach also. This was just a hobby, though, soccer coach. I was a soccer coach for like 20 years, high school coach, travel ball coach. And, um, but it was just like a side thing. So I said, I know enough coaches in the area. I think I'm going to start a, a uniform business and I'll just do it part time. And that way I can still coach. I can raise the kids and it'll just be a part time thing. <laughs> well, within six months of starting it, because I had known so many coaches and whatnot in the area and, people just started using us instantly because of that. Sure. And in six months I was buying more equipment and then it was buying more equipment and then it was growing and, and it became a full-time job right away. So that's how NewThread started. Um, it was not planned out at all. It was on a whim. Um, a, a guy, actually a friend of mine at my old job that I was selling the machinery came up with the name because our last name is Newmore. So uh -huh. he was like new Fred. You know, and that's how we came up with the name. And it was a very spontaneous, flighty decision. And we just hit our 20-year anniversary. Congrats! Um, yes, last month. And that's just where I'm at, 20 years later, not using my degree at all. <laughs> well, but I hey. mean, it happens. And you're, like, putting together, you're dressing people for success. I looked. Yeah. I did some research. Yeah. And you got our tagline. Yes. And yeah. I mean, look at the people that you get to interact with now on a daily basis too. Like you right. love fishing. And so you're helping the professional anglers with their jerseys and other branding apparel and things like that. So you're right. sure you might not be using your degree, but you did use it for a good period of time. And right. you're doing something that you love. So the whole, the, the thing that, I try to do that I'm not great at and I'm going to take this away from you is that you're doing something that you love so even though sometimes right. it might be stressful at the end of the day you you like it I mean you wouldn't have it ties together our hobby mm -hmm. with my business and you know that part didn't happen though until like seven years ago um I really went 13 years with just doing corporate a lot of schools a lot of rec leagues um you know, things around that nature. And then um, getting into the fishing part was, man, the more I'm telling you these stories, I'm realizing how spontaneous um, <laughs> decisions have made. And I don't want to sound like, I, don't, no. I never thought of myself as a spontaneous person in that respect, but I guess I've made some 
pretty spontaneous choices with life. But about seven years ago or so, um, it's weird, but I calculate my years in this to Adrian's age, Adrian Avina's age. So he hit 30. So it's about seven years now. Um, so he, um, we were watching an FLW event and jokingly, seriously, just jokingly, mm-hmm. I said, I think I'm going to get me a logo on a jersey. It was just like joking around. And my husband's laughing. He goes, yeah, you wish you could afford that. And I said, no, I think I'm going to do it. I think it'd be pretty cool to see new threads on a jersey. And he said, you couldn't afford that. So I um, I first had contacted a local guy here that was fishing FLW. Mm-hmm. And I worked with him for a short time. And, and then I got like this itch to reach out and see if I could get on somebody bigger. <laughs> and it was yeah. just kind of like, just it was seriously was a joke and I I came home and I I told David I said hey I I messaged that Jersey boy kid and he's like what and I said yeah I messaged him I I have a phone call meeting with him tomorrow and he's like no you didn't you're never going to be able to afford to do that I said yeah I I think I'm going to try and see what it costs and see if we get involved with him well Adrian and I you know, like I gravitated towards him because of the New Jersey thing. They were uh-huh. calling him the Jersey boy. Uh-huh. He was young and he was on the FLW. That was back when he was, um, uh, Rigid Industries was his title. Yep. So Chris Brown was like the one that brought him on with Rigid Industries and, uh-huh. um, ARE was with him and stuff. So I said, no, no, I'm going to hit that Jersey boy kid up, you know, and <laughs> oh, it was just a joke in our household. Like, oh gosh, here goes Sarah and her Italian ways, you know, she's hitting up the New Jersey kids. <laughs> that's what it was Watch like out. well anyway we we hit it off I mean Adrian and I had a long conversation and we ended up working out a deal he was at that point in time he was looking for a way to brand himself um and I had just in talking to him we just kind of brainstormed and we came up with the, you know the whole color thing we were going to capitalize on the neon green and the jersey boy and we made the look it, it just it just snowballed and that was my that was my foot into working in the fishing industry and I've never looked back since and now work with so many people and love every one of them. And it's been awesome. It's an awesome industry to get to meet people and I love it. Oh, absolutely. And as spontaneous as you think it may sound, it just kind of drives the point home of like never Tell yourself you can't do something, for one. And then, two, things have a way of working themselves out, right? So, you know, if it wasn't meant to be with Adrian and you guys didn't click, it was going to be meant to be with somebody else. So, Right. Well, I think with Adrian, it might have been, and I'm speaking out of line for him, but it might have been timing. Like, you know, the timing was he was at a point in his career that he wanted to capitalize on branding himself Mm -hmm. and then introduce the conversation with me. And that's one thing you can't shut off. And I, I have this, when people start talking to me about, you know, what their dream is, I'm really good at helping them reach it. I'm just not so great at, like, if I have a dream, I'm not so great at sticking to um, putting the hours in on my own. But, like, if I'm snow, snowballing, oh, my gosh, if I'm brainstorming, I said snowballing. If I'm brainstorming with somebody on their ideas, then I just start to like flow the creativity flows. And I think the timing for him was just, was right. He was at that point that he really wanted to do something like that. And, and then it just worked for him. I mean, he, he exploded and 
then other guys were calling me you know, like, Hey, I want to, I want you to do to me what, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> what can we capitalize on my look? What can I do? What can I, so it just became a thing. Yeah, it and does. I, and I totally get that when it comes to my own things, I'm horrible at it. But one of my clients could call me and I'm like, yes, I love it. And I'll spend yeah. days on just tackling yes. whatever it is. And then I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to do this for myself. And I'm like, I don't even know where to start. I give up. <laughs> right. Or you'll say to yourself, I, I don't have time. Like I have this one thing I really wanted to do for the business. It's an idea, you know, for um, just a website and clothing and, and an idea that I have. Mm-hmm. I, I always say to myself, oh, there's just not enough hours in the day. I don't have the time. I don't have the time. But yet some kid can call me, which just happened the other night is why I can tell the story. But some kid can call me and he's like, hey, I've been thinking about this logo. And, and then he has like a five-minute conversation with me. And I literally can't sleep. And I get up and have to sit at the computer and draw because of the conversation. But yet I yes. tell myself I don't have enough hours in the day to get done my own ideas but somebody else can plant the seed in this brain and I can't shut it off yep yep I'm I'm totally 100% with you I'm like what is that a people pleaser are you a people pleaser is that what that is because I mean I totally am I totally am and I'm an empath to no point of return oh gosh yeah (laughs) yeah me too that doesn't make it and you know what Michelle I I get hurt all the time for that I'm not gonna lie and it's been many times in this industry too like I I give and give and give and give and I, I t- when I take people in as friends, like you're in, like you're mm-hmm. in for life. I'm going to mm-hmm. be loyal to you. I'm going to mm-hmm. help you. I'm going to ba- have your back. And I get burned over and over. And then I say, I'm never befriending anybody. <laughs> and then the next guy calls. I'm like, oh, hey, yeah, let's <laughs> how be can friends. I help you? <laughs> What's your, when were you, you know. born? June. Oh June my 10th. gosh. No way. Oh, wait. Me too. You're a cancer. This is why. Yes. No, no. I'm a Gemini. Are you a Gemini? You're Gemini. Yeah, it You're crosses early right June. over. Yep, I'm a very early June. It crosses right into that. What are you doing? What's What's your birthday? June fifth. Oh, you're fifth. right in the middle then. Yeah. Okay, but yep. Gemini's still have those empath qualities, like Cancers oh, do, completely. because my dad is a Gemini. He was born June twentieth, and a lot of like the Cancer Gem, like a lot of like a lot of people I talk to that are Cancers, I'm like, yes, we're the same person. And I'm like, you know, but my dad's a Gemini, and he. Has I mean he's a people pleaser just as much as the next person is. Yeah. I mean maybe it's just a trait. People tell me I'm crazy about zodiac signs, but <laughs> there's, <Are you? laughs> there's something to that. I feel like maybe it's just a June birthday thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It might just be like a personality that. trait. I don't know, but I'm definitely. I wish if I could change something about my personality, it would be the trust. Like I wish I would stop believing everybody and trusting everybody. I know that that's a good quality, but yet it's a bad quality and you get hurt a lot because you trust and you believe that friendships are real and then they show that they're not real. Mm-hmm. And I hate that because mm-hmm. I really, I am what you see is what you get. Like oh. I'm, I'm brutally honest. A lot of people don't like my personality because I am brutally honest, but if you can tolerate the brutal honesty, then we'll do just fine. But I guess I just wish that I wouldn't trust so much. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. I feel like as a female in business, period, if you're you're blunt, people aren't going to like it. But you have to be Uh that way because you have to protect yourself, even though, like you just said, and I'm guilty of it too, you put yourself out there because you're like, oh, let's be friends. And then you get kind of stomped on sometimes. You're like, I'm never talking to anybody again. (laughs) 
Right, <laughs> never right. I'm never going to trust again. anybody. Yeah. These guys are all just using me. I don't know why, you know, why yeah. do I think they're my really my friends? But I, I mean, there are some that truly have proven to be good friends mm-hmm. and they are good friends. But then there are some that have proven, truly proven that they're just using yeah. you for what you can do for them. And, mm-hmm. and that's when it hurts because I'm just that person that really thinks we're all a big family. Yes. <laughs> and I guess we're not all the I, time. Yes, I guess we're not. But sometimes you got to weed out the weak to get to the good ones. That's correct. That happens correct. also. That oh, happens correct. also. Well, yeah. So what do you think the next 10 years holds for new threads? What's What's some of the goals that you will tackle one day? <laughs> wow. I mean, gosh, you know, like 10 years, I hope I'm retired and done. <laughs> My okay, body let's go hopes five I'm retired years. and done. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot I'm not as young as you. No, um, 10 years though, I mean, that's a good, that's a good goal because I mean, obviously I should be done and retired by then or maybe just own it and somebody else is putting their body through this. But um, I, I actually did have a guy contact me last weekend to talk about purchasing the business. So wow. I haven't had the meeting yet, but I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it if the dollar sign is sure. are right. Sure. But, but I also don't know what I would do. <laughs> so well, um, retired it, people say they're busier than they've ever been. So <laughs> I, I, I couldn't retire. I'm a very type A, type A busy personality. So I would have to go find a job. You know, I, I would, go find a job in the fishing industry probably or find something in sales or something in managing pro staff or something of that nature. But, mm-hmm. um, just something to stay tied in with the fishing because I, I couldn't back off of that. I do love, do love the industry. So, um, with that being said, 10 years, um, I mean, you know, if, if this was a five years ago, I would have been so focused on growth, 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 but here's my problem. Staffing, staffing, staffing. Mm-hmm. Um, Staffing is very difficult. I'm sure every business owner says it. Um, this business here has the potential to be very big, very, um, you know, has the the sky or the boundaries could be, you know, extended quite a bit. But the problem is staffing. And therefore, I have a lot of times had to say, we can't take that on or we can't take that on in the timeline you're asking or blah, blah, blah. Um, it's so over the next 10 years, I would love to see that become tackled and, and better. I'm not good in that area. If that if if somebody were to ask me what's my weakest point as a business owner, it would be being a boss. Um, I'm not bossy. I'm not. So whenever I, I have employees, 90% of the time, I seem to get employees that, you know, will no show or take advantage of you and call off all the time or whatever. So I haven't had the best of luck with consistency and therefore Sarah, me, works umpteen million hours in a day and tends to just say, we can still do this. I have, how many hours do I sleep? Oh, seven. Okay, well, we've got the rest of the hours to work. <laughs> so we do it. Um, it's worked. My body feels like it hasn't worked, but it's, it's worked and we continue on. But I, I guess that would be something I would like to see in the next 10 years is to mm-hmm. be able to be a little bit better at that. I've been doing a lot of podcasts the last, since the quarantine started. Oh. I've been listening to a lot of business podcasts, not, not so much to learn how to grow because I think I know how to grow and I've had very good luck with that. Um, I have kind of a 
trusting personality and people tend to um, gravitate towards it with sales. So I don't really have, I could sell anything probably. I could probably sell something I don't even know about. But um, because of my honesty and trustworthy that comes off to people, they tend to gravitate towards that. Mm -hmm. So the podcasts that I'm liking and getting into these days are kind of learning how to, to be a, a more of a, a bossy boss or a bitchy boss or whatever you want to say, <laughs> trying to learn boss. how to put your foot down. Yeah. Like learn how to put your foot down. Cause I think I'm great at running things here, but I'm not great at running people. Um, and when I say that I'm great, every person that works here is like, Oh, you're the best boss I've had. Yeah. Cause I'm nice. <laughs> I'm probably not the best boss because I didn't fire you for missing three days last week. And I should have. Oh, so no, those are growth things that I need to work on over 10 years. But as far well, as the business goes, I think if I can manage that part of my life, I can continue to increase the volume that goes through here. Sure. I mean, and I think that's a great goal to have. And that's a great, you know, timeline, so to speak, for where you want the business to go. Because should you decide at some point you want to sell it, then you say, hey, I got two great employees or one great employee like that can mm -hmm. come with the business that already knows what's going on <laughs> they'll probably leave though because they wouldn't have a pushover boss <laughs> well I'm you're learning kidding. how to be a bitchy boss so. <laughs> no I just I, I mean I just know that's my downside well, <laughs> excuse me I just yeah I'll, I'm working on it that's but. all we can do though we can work on ourselves a little bit every day and I think to a certain extent when I think about things if we're not working on ourselves, then what are we doing? And if you're not learning, then you're dead. I mean, there's a lot of people right. that just walk through life and it's kind of just, oh, we're just going and, oh, we have this hobby and, oh, we just do this and, oh, we just, okay, but, like, what, are you learning anything? Are you taking anything away from that? And I think that's where so many people just get stuck and then they're unhappy and you see divorces and you see all these things because yeah. they're just not – you're not happy because you're stuck in this place of never evolving. And I don't think as humans yeah. we're meant to sit and not evolve or be happy. I 100% so. agree. And I, and I think like with the whole podcast um, world or whatever, I think, and YouTube, oh my gosh, I love, you know, I'm pretty much obsessed. Like I love to have the headphones on and have a podcast going while I'm screen printing or, you know, uh -huh. I don't, like to be um I like I love to work so I love I love to work and produce and leave me alone with a set of headphones and the podcast world and I'll just boom 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 but at the same time I'm learning and that my brain is going and you know then you find like okay now I listen to this podcast and he said there's this this and this and I'm going on YouTube and I'm going to watch this this I love I mean I that's definitely a personality trait because I don't I get obsessed with learning and I don't you know, the topic for me is always um, something to do with work or fishing. It's just True. I'm I get obsessive. Um, I'll watch everything in my ability to watch or listen to anything I can listen to, and that's just what I like to do. But you're right. If you're not learning, I don't I don't know how people can just like go home and watch TV or like a regular. Sh I mean, I understand I watch TV. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> how can you not? be constantly wanting to learn more and do more and speak more. I don't know. It's, I know it's, somebody's listening to this going, 
God, she's so hyper. <laughs> no, no I doubt but I'm always no. in motion. I, I'm the same way, and I am obsessively watching TV over the last couple of months. But, I mean, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. I think that I think we get stuck in these ruts, and then, like I said, then you see all these other things happening in somebody's life, and you're like, well, that's because you're not evolving, or you're not doing this, or you're, I mean, you yeah. are in control of you. Period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I get, I get bored too fast. So that's one thing about yes. saying like when I retire, I, I don't know that I can retire. I probably, if I retire, I'll probably be dead within a couple of months. Cause I just oh, think so. it would kill me. I do. I think it would kill me like to not have, or I'll be that person like doing every foundation. I'll be that, you know, old lady that's volunteering at everything and taking on jobs that don't pay anything just because I cannot sit idle. I would have to be involved. (laughs) Well, there's always going to be something for you to do. There's always going to be something. There's always going to be something for you to learn. Even if you retired, you could take your kayak and go learn things on the water. Well, that's true. That's true. Just, I mean, there you go, Michelle. It's an an option. It's an option. option. Right. I've kept you a long time, but before I let you go, I want to ask two things. One, I know you guys fish um, quite a bit, but do you have a favorite lake? It doesn't have to be in Ohio, um, anywhere, Florida. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, Like, so to, to, to answer that, I'm sure I could come up and say I have, like, Hmm. <laughs> because I haven't, besides fishing in Florida in the ocean and whatnot, I, I really haven't, like I haven't done Harris James and I haven't done Okeechobee and I haven't done the big lakes there because I grew up as a saltwater girl. Okay. Um, so I have bucket list lakes. Like I would love to fish Gunnersville and I really could see myself like retiring somewhere in maybe the Tennessee area and being able to fish the regional things there. Um, so as far as the favorite lake, I mean, I'm a big body of water person. So I really love um, St. Clair and I really love fishing Lake Erie. And I, my husband and I are opposite in that effect. And that has been a struggle. Um, he's, he probably would say he preferred not big bodies, but I prefer them. Um, but that's probably the ocean background in me. I don't know. Maybe. So I, I mean, yeah, I, if, if he says, do you want to go fishing? And I probably get more pleasure if I say, if he says we're going to go over to Erie. And we're only 20 minutes from Erie, but we're not on, like, the great part of Lake Erie. So our fishing is a little bit challenging on this section of Lake Erie versus going out of Sandusky or something. But um, we have some inland lakes around, and we're close. We have, like, everything within a short distance. So Erie, to go out of Lake Erie um, up in in Erie, the city, mm-hmm. is Presque Isle. That's only a little over an hour away. And then we're 20 minutes away from our section of Erie. And then Sandusky's two hours away. So it's like we have many different accesses, access, accessible ramps onto Erie. And they all provide different fishing experiences, okay. if you can believe that. <laughs> it's the yes. same body of water, but they all have different types of fishing. But, um, Maybe inland lakes, if I was to say a favorite. I like to go to Lake Chautauqua in New York. But last year, I got to experience the Finger Lakes in New York. We went up to a Bath Elite event, and 
we stayed up there and we, we fished a bunch of, um, you know, Cayuga and, um, my gosh, I'm going to forget the name of the one that I like the best, but it's got a really funky name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce any of those lakes. <laughs> I, they're all weird names up there, but yeah. we fished up there and I, if, if, if somebody, you know, like up here in this region, if they said, you know, pick a dream, I, I would probably go there. And it's for two reasons. The fishing was fun, um, but it's just drop dead gorgeous. I mean, the water is crystal clear and you can see all these beautiful rocks. And then you're in between these mountainous, you know, because it's all formed by glaciers. And so you literally stand on the back of the boat. That's my spot. <laughs> you stand <laughs> and you're just in awe of the scenery. And so that would be like probably... I guess if I had to pick a favorite right now, I would say the Finger Lakes area. Okay. And go through those lakes up there. Yeah. All right. I'm, that's not really a good answer, but I guess I have more of a bucket list versus a favorite lake. Okay. That's fair enough. I like the bucket list things. I got a lot of bucket yeah. list things on my on my wall. Yeah. Goal, travel and goals, I call them. Do you? Well, what's your what's your main bucket list? Like, I mean, or, everybody. Or, or things. <laughs> um, I, right now. <laughs> Currently, at this current moment, my bucket list lake or thing is going to Tawi Island, which is in Georgia. That's like a saltwater thing for me. But I do really want to go saltwater fishing. I've seen a lot of people going out of the Keys saltwater fishing lately. So Mm -hmm. anybody listening to that, if they want to take me, I'm ready. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, it's funny because my daughter has been begging me to take her down the Keys. We used to have a weekend, not me and my husband, my, my family, my dad and mom. Mm-hmm. We we don't make the same money. But we used to have a weekend, like a mobile home down in the Keys is what they put up down there. So okay. it was a double-wide mobile home, and it was on the ocean. And so that's where I spent every weekend. You know, Fridays, my dad would get home from work, and we'd load up the car, and we'd go down to Key Largo, and our boat parked out back on the you know, on the canal of the ocean and you fish. So my daughter, my youngest one, Peyton, she has this burning desire to go to the Keys and I really want to take her and expose her to it. But, um, the Keys are just magnificent. I mean, it's, everybody should experience the Keys once in their life or more if you can, but fishing wise and things to do and snorkeling. I don't know if you're into that kind of stuff, but, um, it's fantastic. So if that's on your bucket list, I say we plan a weekend. Let's go. I'm in. <laughs> Girls trip. Girls but, trip. Um, yeah, it would be it would be a blast. Yeah. You can you can call Scott Martin. has got a place down there. Ask him to take All you right. fishing. Scott, if you're listening, you Scotty Too Hottie, Scott, we need you. Please. <laughs> please. I'd like to fish with his daughter, Hillary. Yes. She is oh, a Oh, gosh, piece. yes. I love and, watching her Instagram. Oh. Me too. Me too. And to think she just turned 15. Like I can't, it makes me so excited to see Hillary and to see Vegas um, and to watch these kids and to know, you know, like what's going to come. Like I can't wait to watch them evolve into, I I mean, they might not want to be professional fishermen, but out of those two, I think they both will tournament fish, but it's so exciting to watch these little kids and, and all that they have in front of them and Mm -hmm. all that they're, taking on at such a young age oh my goodness I love it it's so fun I love watching it yeah yeah she's excited I'm sure there's more that I'm missing but those two Vegas and Hillary are just 
so much fun. I feel like a grandma and they're not even like friends or related. <laughs> they're friends through like just watching them. Like, do you ever feel like that when you watch somebody on social media, you yes. feel like you know them so well? Yes. I frequently get asked, like, I mean, I have a lot of friends that are like, you're friends with celebrities. I'm like, no, I'm not. They just think they're celebrities. But I'm no, like, the fans think they're celebrities. Yeah, the fans <laughs> think they're celebrities. I literally had one of my clients like was at the airport and he was talking to me and he's like, nobody recognizes me. I'm like, because who, who cares? Like, nobody knows who you are. And then I'm yeah. at an airport and Zona walks by me with his hoodie up and he like waves at me. And I'm like, why do you have your hoodie on? He's like, because people will recognize me. I was like, no, they don't. You don't care who you are. <laughs> I love well, you, Zona. That's the, one, that's the one thing when guys will be like, well, we don't get the money that, you know, basketball gets or this or that. And, and I, I laugh and I say to myself, right, let's, let's put this into perspective. If we go into a restaurant tonight and I'm with you, nobody's going to even know who you are. We're going to walk in. We're going to get our table. We're going to do our thing as if we're a normal set of people. In our world, you might be famous. In the fishing fan world, yes. you're well-known. Let's even say Kevin Van Dam. We could yes. walk into a restaurant. 99.9% of the people aren't going to know who Kevin exactly. Van Dam is. Unless you're in a certain But area. I can walk into a restaurant with LeBron James, and people are going to flock. Or Tom Cruise or you know mm-hmm. some other celebrity. Mm-hmm. We don't have the exposure in this sport for that many people to recognize. Now, hey, with Bass going on ESPN2, more people visually are going to start to remember those guys' faces, and maybe they'll get recognized out and about if people are watching. But overall, it's not yet, you know, you'd have to be in a fishing environment for somebody to go, oh, there's KVD. Right. I mean, I've been on the phone with like Ish before, and he's at a gas station, and people walk up to him, and he's like, let me call you back. I'm like... What just happened? But he has his rap boat and truck right there. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, well, or like I've been out. How many times have you been to one of these places and he's not wearing his hat? And you're like, who are you? I don't know who you are because you're not wearing a hat. Like, I don't recognize them if they're not wearing a hat. Like, I don't even know. Yeah. I think it depends on what area you're in, too, though. Because, like, down here where I live, I think some anglers in this area would be recognized by other people because you're surrounded by a lake and they know that you're a pro. But also where I live I mean, yeah, like if I took one of my guys back home to Michigan and we went out to eat, like only my friends that follow fishing would be like, oh my gosh, so-and-so's here. Like we we could go anywhere and we're not going to get stopped. Like it's okay. It's fine. So I have one final story. I I don't – it's just a funny story, but yeah. um, I don't think either one of them would mind that I shared it. So we were out, it was at one of the classics, and I don't recall which city it was. Um, is that terrible? But we were out, and you know who Brian Robinson is? Mm-hmm. He's a former NFL. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he played 11 years in the NFL. I mean, there's a guy that he walks into a room, and because of his size and his stature and whatnot, yes. people usually look at him, and they're going to figure out many people will know who he is. Mm-hmm. M- many states, they don't know who he is. But if you're in an environment that the classic is at, and people know who he is, and they know he fishes, and they know that he's probably going to be at the classic. So we're out to dinner, and, and um, Brian was in with us, and Brock Mosley was with us. Now, Brock Mosley is um, a quieter angler, uh, very consistent angler, but he's not like one of the spotlight guys that everybody goes, oh, there's Brock Mosley. He he is very solid, you know, on the tour, very um, consistent whatnot, but like the fan base isn't going to go, oh, there's Brock Mosley. Mm-hmm. So we're out to dinner 
and it's packed. It's right by where the classic was, so it was all, a lot of fans and stuff in there. And and we're eating, and we're in the middle of dinner, and <laughs> this I see this teenage, like I, I'm going to say, twelve, thirteen year old kid coming over to the table, and I see him out of the corner of my eye, and totally one hundred percent, the whole table looks. Brian puts his fork down. He's wiping off his hands and his mouth, just knowing that the kids come over to ask for an autograph or, you know, ask for yeah. a picture or something. Yeah. And so we're like there and the kid walks up to the table and he's like, hesitant. I said, it's okay. You can come over. And he comes over and he goes, excuse me, is that Brock Mosley? <laughs> we died. We absolutely died because it just depends where you're at. Yes. And yes, it does. Brock, Brock like about spit out his food because he was, completely not expecting the kid to ask him for something we all thought he was approaching the nfl player but it was hysterical and so it was exciting though for him and he got you know two pictures and signed autographs with the kid but but we were at the classic and and the kid was obviously a fan and knew fishing and it was just a priceless moment i wish i could have captured all of their faces on film because Mm -hmm. the actions and body language it was it was and next time I see so. Brock, I'm going to be like, are you Brock Mosley? I'm going to remember Brock that Mosley? because I'm going to go, hey, are you Brock Mosley? Can I get your autograph? It, it was so cute. <laughs> His wife was at the table, too, and oh. she about died. She about died. But, you know, it just doesn't happen to them no. as often. And um, <laughs> and when you're sitting at the table with somebody that should be recognized, you know, right, would normally right. be recognized. Well, yeah. And was believe she- me, I've been out. Other times with Brian where it's completely annoying because we're getting constantly interrupted by people. So he gets his fair share. Sure. But it, it was priceless. Well, that's hilarious as all get out. And I think there's two things to take away from it because, like you said, the fishing industry doesn't get the recognition that it deserves. And there's a lot of other sporting industries that don't get the recognition. And a lot of their athletes would walk into places and not get noticed just like the right. anglers and the pro wouldn't get don't get noticed either. But right. also to all the fans that are listening, which I think the only people who listen to this podcast, sorry in advance, is my mom and sister. But to all you fans listening, the only appropriate time to bother, the most inappropriate time to bother a celebrity of any kind is when they're out eating because you don't know who they're eating with. It could be a sponsor, family, friends, okay. it doesn't matter. It's... To me, it's inappropriate. I watched KVD at a classic. I watched him at the, oh, I can't remember what classic it was, but similar situation. We were right next to the venue. Everybody just kind of went there after way in to eat because it was quick and convenient. It was a Mexican restaurant. His family was there. We had sat down and ate, and he sat down at 7 o'clock and had a margarita in front of him and chips and salsa, and he did not touch that margarita until 8 uh-huh. p.m. because people kept coming up to him. And the only uh-huh. thing I could think about was how annoying it was to ha- be at an event uh-huh. where, you know, that's the only time of the day he got to sit down with his family and talk yeah. about whatever was going right. on, and he kept getting interrupted. Now it comes with the territory, and obviously you're at the classic, so it's one of those things, but, you know. It's, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be no. famous, to be honest with you. I've been around so much of it with being in sports medicine and working with NFL players and, and all that. So I, I wouldn't want to have that, that fame because of the annoyance of being interrupted all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's annoying. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't want it. I, agree. I, I know that people think that it's great and it's fun, but it's, it's really not. Yeah. I wouldn't imagine. 
I'll stay behind the uh, scenes. There, look at that. <laughs> we can close on that, though. Long go behind the yes. scenes. Don't recognize her when you're out. That's Although right. I come running for you to get a hug every time. Oh, I love <laughs> it. Well, real quick then before I let you go, because I know I totally have kept you too long. We got off on tangents. Mm-hmm. One piece of advice yeah, that you would give to somebody who's looking to um, be spontaneous with their business decisions or be in sports medicine or fish. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> one piece of advice. So you're giving me three different topics. How about we just do the spontaneous thing? Okay. I think in life, this would be like an, uh, an age, age thing, like being older now and looking back, I think that. And, and honestly, discovering this, like, during this phone call, that I have been more spontaneous and didn't realize it. But I think that you have to go with your gut. And if your gut is saying, I want to try something new, then try something new. And I don't think that we should ever feel like just because we got a degree, you're what you liked at 18 years old, and don't get me wrong, I could go back into sports medicine right now and love it, I'm sure. I would fall in love with the athletes and being in that role and whatnot right away. But what my point is, is you're not the same human being at 18 as you are at 30 mm-hmm. and as you are at 35 and 40 and, mm-hmm. after, you know, raising a family, whatever. Or if you don't, even if you don't raise a family, you're not the same human being. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to follow, like, a, an inner voice that's saying, hey, let's try this or... You know, even if it's a job change, I don't think people should shy away from it. Now, don't make a stupid financial, like, don't leave some high-paying job to go be a hippie somewhere and not make money because you're going to end up falling on your face. But but if you think you can make money and go after something and survive with your bills and whatnot, then I think you should follow your gut because ultimately, if you're happy, then your job and work doesn't seem like you know it's horrible to go to every day (laughs) I laugh because there's days that I want to (laughs) just run away from here but but you know you I the days that I want to run away from here you know what snaps me back into it is I don't want to run away really because I do now have so many friends in the fishing industry and if I didn't do everything that I'm doing in the fishing industry would I still have the time to invest into hanging out and being around them mm-hmm, so much. Mm-hmm. So some days when I get down and I think, oh, I'm done with this. I It's so hard. I don't want to, whatever, you know, whatever's going on, the moron customers that we deal with. Um, if, if you deal with that and, you know, something will snap you back in place. And then I realize, like, I, I like my job right now because of my friend circle and that I can associate work with my friends and I get to go do things like fishing event, you know, go to fishing events and I can call it work. <laughs> it is work, but I yeah, mean, yeah. I, it, it makes it fun and it makes it um, a more enjoyable work trip because you do have your friend circle involved. So I guess my only advice would be like, don't ever shut out the inner voice. If your inner voice has something that it's telling you to do, do and try, do it and try it because you only live once and man, my life has flown by and I hope the next whatever amount of years don't fly by as fast, but just follow your inner voice and try things, try new things and learn. Like you said, Michelle, learn. I love that because it's true. I mean, we can't, we don't get to, we don't get to know what lies ahead, 
but we get right. to make the decisions. And like I said before, like right. with your story, as spontaneous as you may think it sounds, it happened for a reason. You know, you went with your gut and you were like, yeah, I can do this or I'm going to try to do it at least because if I don't, then right. I'm going to learn something. So I think that's right. an important well, takeaway. What made you, and I'm, I'm sorry to turn the tables, but like I've been curious after listening to your podcast and stuff the last couple of, what it was been like six weeks or so, I've been, I don't know how long it's been, but I've been listening to your various ones. What has made you jump into this side? Like what, what made you do it? And why you had an inner voice obviously telling you, go try this, go do this. So, you know, something told you to do it. I can say I have three listeners now officially. (laughs) (laughs) For real. Um, Honestly, I mean, I, I always kind of wanted to do a podcast. It's kind of been something that I've thought about learning over the last couple of years. And I didn't really even know what I would talk about. I've talked to a bunch of people about, oh, like, what if we did a podcast about this? Because my whole thing, especially since I've gotten into the fishing industry the last, like, eight, nine years is, Uh like you said, they don't get enough exposure, but there are so Uh many more pieces to it. And being with the role that I have, I've met amazing people like yourself that have – you have a good hand in somebody else's business. So there's all these uh-huh. people behind the scenes that are making this stuff happen for the anglers that are in front of them or the future anglers uh-huh. or just, I mean, in general that I'm like, you know, there are podcasts that are out there that are like mine, but I feel You're showing like, a different side. Yeah, and I feel like um, there's never – too many podcasts in the in the sense of like sharing somebody's story because what we talk about here somebody else might ask you to be on their podcast and you might t- get on a totally different rants I mean look at the different ways that our conversations went you know so well no totally I expected this whole conversation to be about fishing jerseys and hats <laughs> and that kind of stuff we didn't even talk about it so it's kind of weird when I hang up I'm gonna be like wow, we talked about going to the bathroom and (laughs) (laughs) we didn't even touch on jerseys. My thing about it too is like, there's this side, obviously like the conversation we had here is this is what people want to hear. And if they don't, they don't listen because this is the camaraderie that we have. And this is what we have built as a friendship and that the things that we can talk about that we're, that we can share with one another and say, Hey, this is the story that we have. And it's okay if you feel this way too, or think about it this way, take this away from it. Because I think I'm, I'm personally somebody who gets so wrapped up in what I haven't accomplished that I don't see Uh what I have accomplished and right. I think those accomplishments, like you shared about your story, are something to be celebrated. So I hope with anything, and especially with doing this podcast, that anybody who's listening will take that away from somebody's story. That somebody can listen to your story and say, you know, listen to that. Listen to what Sarah did. She started off on this path, and it totally uh-huh. went this way, and look how it worked out. Uh-huh. Because, you know... We don't, again, we don't get to choose what's in front of us. Something might right. happen to you tomorrow that totally changes the rest of your life. So Right. And and when I entered with um, Adrian and whatnot, like I wasn't, I wasn't at that point even doing the jerseys yet. So it's kind of really evolved. It kind of really evolved mm-hmm. from just me being an embroider, embroidery and screen printing shop and branding people and helping them with that branding. And, right. and, 
now it's evolved into all different things that I've learned. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Michelle. Thanks for even thinking of, of you know, asking. It was kind of a shock when I got your message. I was like, why would you want to talk to me? Because but it was fun. You have a great <laughs> job. Thanks. I enjoy it. And an enjoy amazing it. business. Yep. It's been good. It's Lots been, it's more treated to come. me well. Yes. Yep. And I actually stopped sweating now that I sat in front of the stand to talk to you. So <laughs> I'm going to have a good afternoon now. There you go. <laughs> I drink my take my Gatorade and I'm going to go back to sweating as soon as we hang up. Perfect. Well, listen, (laughs) if you ever need anything, hit me up. Um, And I really am excited that you're evolving with your podcast and it's been cool. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate your time and I'll let you get back to making some cool stuff. Yeah. I'm screen printing for a, like I'm screen printing a lawn care guys logo and it has a snowflake on it also. So as oh. I sweat, I've been sitting here and just dreaming of cooler temps because okay. of the snowflake. So yeah. that's what I'm returning to. Okay. I will talk to you again real soon. Perfect. Thanks so <laughs> Bye, much. Rochelle. I'll talk to you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. I absolutely love speaking with strong women, and Sarah is no exception, as you can tell from our conversation. If you need a jersey, tees, hats, or more, you can find new threads information in the show notes. I appreciate you all tuning in and listening. Feedback is always welcomed and appreciated. Please do me a favor and like us on Facebook and Instagram, Blonde Girl Behind the Scenes. I cannot wait to share with you our next story. With that being said, who do you want to get to know? Drop me a line and let's get to know them together. Later, Gators.